What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show, Sunday, November 10th. Very special edition of the podcast today as we are joined by ESPN play-by-play and color commentator Mike Morgan and also host of the JC and Morgan College Football Podcast. He joins the podcast today to talk to recap the Alabama and LSU college football game and also to talk a little of SEC basketball and also Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. Mike Morgan is one of the best in the business and I was very honored to have him on the podcast. But before we can get to that interview, all of our shows are brought to you by S.Y. Wilson, the historic Arlington Depot Square. For all your needs, whether that is Memphis Tigers, SEC, bait and tackle, outdoor stuff, they have it all at their S.Y. Wilson, the historic Arlington Depot Square. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show, or also find the podcast. Wherever you like to listen to your podcast at The Mitch Davis Show, we're also on YouTube at The Mitch Davis Show. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and without further ado, here is Mike Morgan. I am joined now by Mike Morgan, ESPN commentator, play-by-play, and color commentator. Mr. Mike Morgan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mitch. How about you? I'm doing well. That uh, Alabama-LSU game yesterday was a lot of fun. Let's talk about that a little bit, and what are your takeaways from that game? LSU was due. LSU finally has a 21st century offense, and LSU has the best quarterback in the country. And that's what it takes to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And they had all of the above, and it still was a very competitive game. But I, I, I think LSU is as good as any team in the country, and they're certainly the best team in the SEC this year. Do you think this is possibly the turning point for the for SEC football? I know going into the future, Coach O's really recruited well. And this kind of win can really catapult him into the future. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I think at some point, look, it's okay to have uh, a dynasty of sorts, which is what Alabama has had. I think that that can actually be a good thing. But at some point, you do need somebody who can step up. And if we're going to pump up the LSU game every year, uh, at some point, LSU had to win it. You know, we we can't go another eight years with that being one-sided. So... I think that that just adds uh, another flavor, not only really to the league, but to the country, where we've been desperately trying to find somebody not named Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State to be competing for national titles. Uh, we, we need more blood in there. And so LSU now, uh, they've got it rolling. Uh, I mean, they really do. I, I was not necessarily sold on Ed Orgeron. Uh, as a head coach, uh, I, but I, and I don't know if he would work in a hundred other schools. But for LSU, he's right fit. He's the right guy at the right time for that job. And now you're going to see in recruiting and everything else, LSU's going to have it rolling. I mean, it's, you could actually, I don't want to say changing of a guard, but it could be much more of a 1A, 1B situation in the Southeastern Conference. We'll see what Georgia can and kind of maintain uh, getting closer and closer to that level as well. But uh, I think it's going to stay. You know, when when you're looking at the you know these three teams, you mentioned Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Georgia. The rest of the season, how do you see this thing playing out? Do you see two teams from the SEC getting to the playoffs, or is it just going to be whoever wins that SEC championship game? I think that the odds are now. 
that Alabama is going to sneak in at the four. The only, to me, the only real wild card in it, with Penn State losing now, uh, the only real wild card would be if Oregon wins out, wins the Pac-12 and does so convincingly, that might be enough to, to edge out Alabama in a year where Alabama does not have a great out-of-conference schedule. And, and also in a year where people are tired of, there's a little bit of Alabama fatigue, which much like there was SEC fatigue for a while. Uh, and again, we're dealing with human beings, not robots or computers. So that those things you have to take into consideration. It's, it's the, the X factors. But uh, I, if you were to ask me right now, I'd say two SEC teams with Alabama being the second. And the only other team that would, to, to me, would really threaten that uh, would be perhaps an Oregon team that just looks lights out here the rest of the way. You know, this is the last football question, then we're going to get into talking about basketball because both you and I are big college basketball fans. Who do, who wins this SEC championship game? I know Alabama's still not out of it, but it, right now it looks like LSU or Georgia. Who wins that matchup on December 7th? I don't think it, I mean, it's really hard to go to LSU. Uh, This Georgia team, to me, is not as good as the one last year. Uh, I thought last year they had a better chance than they had all the uh, So I, I think the LSU team is just quick and all stronger. And I, I know Georgia is quite ready to, to win that game. I don't be competitive to be wrong, but I would take LSU. Now, jumping over to the hardwood, let's talk a little SEC basketball. Florida lost to Florida State today, but preseason one and two is Kentucky and Florida. Are those two teams on a crossroads for each other to uh, to play in the SEC tournament championship and also to beat each other's throats all season long? Yeah, the timing of that question is it's a little uh, different now because, as you mentioned, Florida loses to Florida State. But for whatever reason, the Seminoles just have the Gators number. That's, I think that's John Petty stayed. 
uh, they've got some good recruits to kind of blend out that lineup. That's a team I wouldn't want to play. Georgia with Anthony Edwards is going to be a lottery pick. They've got some talent now in Athens for the first time in a while. They're going to be a tough out. And I'll tell you, even South Carolina, a lot of people have picked 10th, 11th in the league. I, I think they're, they're selling that roster a little bit short. I think that's Frank's deepest roster, Frank Martin, that is. So I, I think 10 of those teams have a chance to compete. I think Vandy is an obvious rebuild. Mizzou, A&M, uh, Arkansas, those to me are more rebuild situations. But even those will not be easy out. It, the league has never been deeper. I, I know I said it the last couple of years, and I will stay with it. 15 NCAA bids in the last two years, and I would expect at least seven this year. So the league has never been in better shape top to bottom. You know, before we talk into Kentucky basketball, because I know they are kind of the perennial powerhouse, it's starting to look a little bit, no, it's early, but like that 2012 and 2015 teams that made those, you know, national championship run and also the Final Four. But let's talk about Ole Miss. Let's talk about Mississippi State, because those two teams, under Ben Hallen and under Kermit Davis, they look like some of the best sleepers in the SEC right now. Some of the best what? Best the best, the some SEC? of the best sleepers right now in the SEC, especially Ole Miss. Oh, sleepers. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are high on Mississippi State. I mean, Reggie Perry is, is probably going to be a first-round draft pick, and, you know, they lose one Weatherspoon. They've got the other one, Nick, back, and they've got some uh, some veterans back. I, I think Mississippi State's going to be just fine. Ole Miss, when Breen Tyree decided to come back, that, to me, uh, was huge. And you give a coach like Kermit Davis, the SEC's leading returning scorer, uh, and running the show, that's that's very encouraging. So, yeah, I, I think Ole Miss could certainly be a sleeper. I mean, nobody saw that coming last year. That, to me, was one of the best coaching jobs in the country. Uh, now, of course, they'll have a target on their back, and they lose Terrence Davis and some other guys, but it's still going to be a very good team. With the addition to the SEC of Jerry Stackhouse and Eric Musselman at Arkansas, who has had some of the best coaching hires within the last two years in the SEC? In the last two years, I mean, we'll all go back to Kermit Davis. You know, I, I think that was a great. I mean, I love all the hires. I love this year. I love Eric Musselman. It made all the sense in the world for Texas A&M to get Buzz Williams, the guy's been successful at two other schools. That's a huge hire. Uh, 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 you mentioned the uh, uh, notes of Alabama again, <laughs> a guy that that was an overachiever. In, in a conference like the MAG, there, there was no tire that you didn't say, wow, that's a great get. And the wild part is obviously Jerry Packhouse. And I have no idea what to expect there. Uh, it's always sexy when you get a former player or a former NBA guy and everybody knows and it's kind of exciting. But there was a lot of buzz too when, when they went to Alabama. That didn't work out so well. When Chris Mullen went to St. John's, that didn't work out so well. We'll see what Pat Ewing does at Georgetown. It hasn't exactly been uh, a huge success yet. My only point is, and this is not the thing why anything will be just because you're a guy that went up in the NBA doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. So I, I think there'll be some learning on the job, which is okay. Uh, and I think they're, they're just going to have to kind of learn on the fly what it's like to coach in this league, to recruit in this league, that's a big part of the job. When you've got 
millions in the bank from your professional uh, playing career, do you have the want to, do you have the, uh, the, the, the absolute staying power to, to go out there and do it? Now look, Penny Hardaway, who's been in the news for other reasons, he obviously has. He's been recruiting his butt off. Some might say uh, maybe not in the best ways possible based on the recent news. But, you know, it, it's, it, it, you never know how those players are going to react, how former players are, that aren't lifelong coaches, that coaching's not their quote-unquote blood. But I think it'll be exciting one way or another. You know, before we we'll close with Kentucky and your final four picks, but you didn't mention Penny Hardaway. Talk about the latest and what you can say and what your kind of take is on the James Wiseman decision from the NCAA and also Memphis's decision to play James Wiseman. They are rolling. The, they're basically saying, "Look, if we can't have this kid play, we're not going to be able to, to do the season. The last nature." Uh, they're sticking their, their heels in the, in the ground and saying, we stand by the fact that we've done, not, we've done nothing wrong, and so there's no reason to suspend this kid. And, and you know what? At this point, right approach, because without him, this is not a final team. Um, I'm not sure if it's an NCAA tournament team. You know, I had met this a couple of times last year in Orlando for the Andrew Care Invitational, and, and Penny Arnold was a better guy. I mean, it, Still learning, still learning on the job. He's not coaching high school anymore. You take away who might a guy who might be the number one pick in the draft, and all of a sudden it's not the same team. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Honestly, I, I've heard some of the details, but it's going to take a while for the NCAA to completely sort that out. You know, one more NCAA question, and this is the hottest topic in college athletics. Before we get into, you know, talking about Kentucky basketball, and then the final four picks from you as well. Talk about that fair pay to play. I know a lot of states are instituting laws for that. What is your opinion on that, and do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? I don't think it's a bad idea, but I don't think anybody knows how to execute it, and that's what's concerning. If you could just base this on pure market value, where there's no cheating, there's no trying to beat the system, and it was just based on young men who are truly bigger than, than life on the of campus, which makes them out of their strength level. You know, Mantel, they're a, a better 99% are, are young men that are going out there, and they might be exceptional athletes, but they don't have a true value, true market value on their likeness, where people want to buy their shirts because they, they just got to have the shirt the starting right tackle. But we all know boosters are the top player. So if you can start, if you can start, basically, I call it artificial demand, creating that, and all of a sudden it comes down to a pay-for-play, a de facto pay-for-play, where you're just buying kids based on the fact whatever school has the deepest pockets. That's problematic. That's not a good thing for college athletics. I don't mind student athletes getting more. I don't mind that at all. I just don't know how this system works. And I haven't heard anybody intelligently and eloquently go chapter and verse how it should and can work properly. I haven't heard anybody. The biggest proponents of this and people that really could care less about college athletics film part. You have a lot of people out there that just feel like college athletics uh, they're they're manipulative. These young men are exploited, so they they just care. 
But for the rest of us that love college athletics and realize it's a tremendous opportunity for all these young men and women that compete, and it is a pretty good system overall, we do care about the implementation of this, and we don't want to see the uh, overall competitive balance determined solely by which schools are willing to run the system with boosters that are willing to spend the most money. So talking a little bit about Kentucky basketball, I know you've had a game of theirs. Is this the Kentucky basketball like the 2012 team, like the 2015 team, or is this a Kentucky basketball team that Kentucky fans are just going to have to enjoy the ride and see what happens as the season progresses? I don't think this is 2012. I don't think it's 2013. So I'm a bit of a pump the brakes guy in there. 2012 had an elite rim protector and post player in Davis. Uh, 2015 had first-round draft picks coming off the bench and a two-for-two. We've seen in in this millennial uh, millennium. I, I, I don't think that. I love their guards. I love Cal. I love everything about the basketball and the fans. And I think it's a team that is only going to get better with time and has got a chance to be a Final Four team. But by no means would I put them in the 2012 or 2015 classes. Those... those those teams are in a separate category for me, but they're certainly the teams in the SEC. You know, and you mentioned the Final Four, and we're going to close with this question here. As you look ahead to the season and, you know, kind of the preseason, early season here, who is your preseason Final Four? If you had to say these four teams are your Final Four, and then who's your national champion out of those four teams? Oh, boy. You're asking me that in early November. That's a tough one to answer, my friend. But I, I'll, I'll give it a shot and be, and be a good a hundred times in the next three or four months. But <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Like, even though Michigan State got beat up by them, you know, I, I love Cassius. I, I love having a senior point guard. I'll put Michigan State in there. How about, a, how about two Kentucky teams in the final four? I like what Louisville has to offer this year. So there's three in the four. And, you know, the fourth one is, is, I think, based on what we've seen the last few years, going to be somebody on completely. But I'll go ahead and throw North Carolina in just for giggles. I like I like the North Carolina. So who's your national champion out of those four teams? <laughs> i got to put you on the spot here because I know a yeah, lot of college basketball are. fans are, you know, especially yeah, when, you, when you look at North Carolina, Kentucky, and Michigan State fans and Louisville fans, those, those are crazed fan bases. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they certainly are. You, you're not going to have me predict next, next year's national championship in football, are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little early, but no, I, I mean, any of those four, I, I, there's probably, to me, there's probably about 10 teams that I could see with a chance to go all the way. So just, just spitting out a team right now is, is based on uh, nothing purely than just throwing out a name for the, for the sake of a name. But I think all those teams, have Final Four potential on them. And then, you know how it is. I mean, it's it's who gets hot at the time in March. It's, it's how the matchup starts, how the bracket shakes up. There's not a um, there's not a team to me this year, and it really hasn't been the last couple of years, where you look at it and you say, oh yeah, clearly the most talented, clearly the, the odds-on favorite to win the championship. How many people got fooled by Duke last year? The, the, yeah, they got the most exciting player in college basketball in the last 20 years. They've got the top three players in the country. They've got size, they've got this, that, but you know what they didn't have? Shooting. <laughs> they shot below 30% from three. You're not going to win a national title doing that. So 
We think we know, but we don't know. That's the beauty of basketball compared to football. I can probably predict who's going to win the national championship in football and be have a thirty three percent chance of getting it right before <laughs> the season starts. In basketball, thankfully, it's not that easy. Mr. Mike Morgan, I greatly appreciate you. Tell them where they can find your Twitter. I know you put out a lot of good uh, basketball tweets and also your podcast, the J&D Podcast, if, if I'm correct on that one. Uh, tell them where they can find yeah. both those things, and thank you so much for joining the show, and we look forward to having you as the season progresses. Absolutely, Mitch. I always enjoy it. Uh, on Twitter, at Morgan on Air. love to hear from uh, the folks in your area, over there, Memphis and Ole Miss. Uh, Kentucky, anywhere else that you might happen to be, uh, I, I follow you getting around quite a bit. Uh, and also the College Football Podcast, which continues to, to grow, is JC and Morgan, which we do now twice a week uh, during the season and once a week after that. And you can catch that on anything, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, we're, we're all over the place now. I want to thank you for again for coming on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. I look forward to talking with you as the season progresses. Mitch, I do too, man. Keep, uh, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you down the road. This has been the Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Special thank you to Mike Morgan for coming on the podcast to talk about the SEC and talk about college basketball as a whole. And also thank you to our sponsors at SY Wilson for their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. You can find the podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show Follow us on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore 8 or like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show and I will catch y'all on the flip side.